0: We're going to report about our trip to Mexico. You know, it's been a long time since we've taken a trip to Mexico with our team, with our church here. Um, It's been about 10 years. Now, I've taken other trips during that time with other churches. We've had uh, the church in Frederick, Maryland, we've had several of them. We've had uh, a church in the state of Washington, Brother Robert Sargent's church, Bible Baptist church in Oak Harbor, Washington. I've taken several uh, youth groups into Mexico. And then also the church in uh, Pennsylvania, in Emmaus, Pennsylvania, uh, Lehigh Valley Baptist Church, also on a group from there. So we've had several groups that I've taken on Mexico trips, but uh, this is the first time that I've done one for Mexico in a very long time. So I was happy to do so, been wanting to do so for a long time. On the other hand, it might be my last one. I think I'm getting to a point where it's getting too hard for me. Those of you who went along one of the trip, you realize how much work it is. It's a lot of work to, to, to direct the team, a lot of logistics, a lot of... And we had a small group this time, about 10 people. I've had up to 30 on some teams, but this was a smaller one. And uh, thank the Lord, that was about all I could handle myself. These people, uh, they're, they're, they're like herding cats sometimes. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, I'm, 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 I'm just expressing that I am tired, not that they did not cooperate. In fact, that we had a very good group this, this on this trip and I'm very thankful for them. Uh, We had, we didn't really have a youth group, we had a little bit of everyone. Uh, We had Brother Daniel, which you'll stand, with his wife Michelle, went with their four children. Nikki, Natalie, Nathan, and Daniel Jr. Stand up guys, come on, all right. And then we had Ethan Wilborn, where are you Ethan? Back there, he's always in the last row. And then my wife, Provianne, and then Jan White. It was a joy to have her. She hasn't been a member of the church for too long, and she wanted to jump in right away. Thank you all. You may be seated. I'll be calling on you each in a moment here to give you uh, your testimonies. Uh, A lot of people don't understand sometimes what the purpose of a a mission trip is. There's a lot of different kinds of mission trips. People don't realize that there's many different types. Uh, Most people hear about the mission trip or the construction trip. A lot of people want to go and help build a church or something like that. Americans are task-oriented. We like to get jobs done. And if we go on a trip, we say, what can we do? And that's really um, something that doesn't work out that well. Why? Well, you can't do much because you can't speak the language. Uh, it takes a missionary many years to get ready to be able to function and get job done. Well, they say, well, then I can go and help with the medical need. And a lot of people want to go on medical trips. And I've done many of those, but... It's getting to the point where a lot of these medical trips, uh, the people just go not because they're sick, just to see what can they give me. And I've had that as a, as a big problem. Also, people say, well, I want to go help build a church building. Well, we appreciate that, and that's a, uh, that is usable. However, it's not too efficient, because the money that you spend on the trip and everything else, if you take that same money, we could hire someone there five or six times longer than what you worked, and get more done, too. So that's not really, what I really want when I take someone on a mission trip is for you to have relationships with people, get to know the people there. That was our goal for this trip. And I think we met that goal. And we'll show you here on the, on the video here in just a moment, some of the pictures, but also I'm sure that the people giving testimonies here will be talking about that. That was our goal. Now, uh, we left two weeks ago, just about it was Monday, two weeks ago. Early in the morning, everyone had to be picked up around 5 o'clock in the morning. And we went to DFW airport and took a flight, left about 8.30 in the morning from DFW to Mexico City. And uh, no problems, it was a good flight. We had some people who was their first time flying. Nikki, Natalie, and Nathan had their first time on an airplane. And it was an exciting thing for them. And we were happy that they were able to go along for that and have that experience. I started flying before I even remember. I was six months old my first flight, so I don't even remember that. (laughs) I've been doing it so much I go to sleep when they land. (laughs) Anyway, uh, we arrived in Mexico City at a good hour and uh, rented a 15-passenger van and used that for our transportation. It was a very comfortable van. It helped us a lot. Uh, We moved some of the back seats so we could put in our luggage and for 10 of us, it was just about right. We were full, but not super crowded, just barely enough to to everyone to get in there. And we traveled five hours that afternoon. It was rough on Provi because Provi, this is our first trip that she's made since her surgery. We arrived in the little town of Tepeji and got a room for Provi and let her rest and went on to the town of of Progreso. Arrived there and they'd already started a service. I didn't expect them to start till Tuesday. Well, that Monday night they got the jump on. They rented a big, huge tent, tarp, tarp above uh, the front of their church building, and uh, put out the chairs and had about two or three hundred people there. And they were already having the pastor preach a message. And we arrived there around around after eight o'clock that night, and uh, then had supper with them. And uh, they had a family that decided to keep most all of our team, uh, eight of them, in their home. Now that wasn't the only family. In fact, there were so many guests that had come in for the conference. I talked to another family I says, how many people do you have in your, in your home with, staying with you? They said, three families. Three families. How many people is that? About 15 people. Can you imagine? Housing 15 people in your home. Of course, most people were sleeping on the floor. Some of our guys were sleeping on the floor. I think Ethan and Daniel were in a hot room. Now, it was really strange. We're at a high altitude there. It's about 6,000 feet altitude, higher than Denver. And when you're at altitude, even though you're caught away south, the temperature can be pretty cool. Everyone, I told everyone, take coats. What do you mean? It's gonna be summer. I don't know what I'm talking about. They found out real quick, when the sun goes down at high altitude, because of the, the air being thinner, it doesn't hold the heat, and it gets cold pretty quickly. And in the morning, the same thing. By midday, it's nice and comfortable. But in the morning and also at night, it can get kind of a chilly. And even though it was chilly outside, that room was all enclosed. They got pretty hot in that room. In fact, they started begging for fans and other things like that. But that family was a very kind family, very young family. I think their oldest child was about five years old, six years old, and I've known them since they were young people, I've known them all my life. And I was very pleased that they were the ones that could host and they really bonded with our, with our group. And it was very helpful because Daniel and Michelle both speak Spanish, and that really helped us out. Of course, Provi went along with us. She could help. She was translating for Jan all the time while I was trying to preach. She it's kind of hard to preach when you hear somebody over the other side talking while you're trying to preach. But that's all right. I knew it was necessary. And uh, uh, we had, uh, you'll see in a moment, I'll show you a picture of our schedule. Four preachings a day, starting at 6.30 in the morning. (laughs) <laughs> and each one would last sometimes up to two hours uh, One time in the evening when I was preaching We would have an hour and a half of singing and specials before I got onto the pulpit <laughs> Am I right or not? <laughs> and then one night we even had a film that went up to almost 10 30 at night So they, they were having a heavy schedule By the time we got done on Friday, everyone was pretty tired We were pretty worn out We finished it up with some baptisms in a swimming pool, <laughs> they had a, a, a was it two people I think three people four people got baptized and they, they used a swimming pool not too far from the church as the baptismal place and so they were going through a drought, which is not normal. This is the rainy season. We expected to be very wet when we were there. It did not rain on us really at all, hardly, and they were suffering because they're farmers and of course farmers when they don't have enough rain, especially in the time when they expect rain it's a rough time. And so they were really suffering, pray with them. I talked to them on Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday after we left and asked them, cause in the place we were at, because we left on Friday to go to this, the capital city. And I asked them, I says, did you get any of that rain that we had there in the capital? Nope, we didn't get any of that. And so they were still suffering. Uh, we were there till Friday afternoon. On Friday afternoon, we drove to about two hours to the capital city of Puebla, and we stayed in a hotel there for three nights and uh, took them to a nice restaurant Friday night after five days of staying in people's homes and eating with the people. It was a a nice treat to have a different uh, American style meal. And then Saturday, we took everyone to the pyramids, but not everybody. Uh, Ethan was sick, Jan wasn't feeling too well. We had some people sick. Remember I talk about going to Mexico and getting the bug, inevitable. I've not had a trip yet where someone does not get sick. However, on this one, they were not that bad. It was a light case. It was just feeling bad, really. And we were able to arrest it pretty quickly with the medicine. And uh, so we were not, and most people were maybe a, a 24 hours, maybe 36 hours down for a little bit. After that, they were ready to go again, which is the normal way that the parasite works in that situation. But they, they, they all uh, were ex- become experienced really quickly. Now, when Daniel went with me three years ago to Mexico, he got sick then, too. So th- th- that's just part of it. I tell you, when you go, and I'm going to be going to... I've got two trips that are major trips scheduled in September. One, I'm going to Samoa to be the Fafoinas, And we have an ordination there. Some of the preachers there in, in Samoa. I'll be going there the second week of September. Then the last week of September, I'll be going to Nepal, in, north of India. I guarantee you, I'll probably get sick there. <laughs> That's just part of it. I'll take the medicine. I'll be prepared. That's just the way you have to be in those kind of situations. But they did good that Saturday then, the ones that were able, some stayed at the hotel to rest, but the ones that were able went to the pyramids in Cholula. And we have some pictures of that here in just a moment. And then Sunday, we went to a very small mission. Uh, it wasn't a church yet. It's just, just about 25 people meeting together in the, in the, in the capital city. Uh, the, their pastor, Brother Felipe Dominguez, is a man I've known since he was a child, and he's doing a real good job there. And so we went there to be in their church with them. They had a Sunday school, then a church service, then a meal, then another church service. As usual, that's the way it always works. And so Monday morning early, we left, we left Puebla to drive back to Mexico City and catch our flight to be arriving here around 5 o'clock on Monday. So we arrived tired, but happy, without any problems. It was a good trip. Thank you for your prayers. Yeah, We know you were praying for us during that time. We're, uh, I was watching the stream a few times of the church and seeing how things were going. So we want to ex- express our thank you for that. And uh, we have some uh, reporting to do here. First of all, we're going to show the video. So if y'all can get the lights and get this, I'll be narrating part of it. Since this is something we had to put together at the last minute, I'll be explaining to you some of the things. Some of, the, some of it has audio. And so we'll be explaining that. Now, the 1st we're starting out over here. First airplane trip for some of these people. And they were really excited. There's Nathan. and He was really nervous. He says, what's going to happen here? But it, they, after they got... Uh, made the trip over and back uh, they're, they're, now, they're not rookies anymore they know what they're doing they're ready to go on the next one so if you'll roll it please let's get going and then uh, when we arrived in Mexico City uh, Progreso, this was our schedule kind of a hard to see there but we had every day some schedule this is the crowd that you can see there that they had under a big huge tent that we, we were meeting in uh, it was kind of a cold because the wind was whipping through there this is our last day as we're about ready to leave. They wanted a picture of everybody. Uh, these are the preachers, the main preachers. Some of them preaching for full fifty years already. And here's some songs, a lot of specials. We had about eight different groups singing like this. thing was relationships, and so one of the big things you want to know is you make friends. You got to get out there and talk. Well, I don't speak Spanish. Well, you'd be surprised. These are the preachers. This is the hostess that uh, the, we stayed in her. They stayed in her home, and so they become very close friends with them. But they want relationships. That's their biggest desire when they come there. They want to. They want to know you. They want to be your friends, and they're willing to pay the price. They're willing to do anything they can to become friendly with you. If we're willing to do it. this is the family that hosted the, the team in their home. Uh, husband and wife and two kids. Uh, this is another of his brother and, her, her and his wife. Uh, this are the volcanoes. From the city of Puebla. you see these volcanoes just outside your door. This is the other one right next to it. It's got a peak, Popo. In fact, we saw some smoke coming out of the crater while we were there. It's an active volcano. And it's about 20 miles, 25 miles from the city. Then on Saturday, they went to the, the pyramids. And there's a lot of... It's a pretty big pyramid. It's got the largest base in the world. Don't have the time to explain all that's involved in it. But that's... The, if you've never been to a, something like this in Mexico, I, I encourage you to go check it out. Find out what's going on. Those kind of things. Now, also encourage you to go check out a Catholic church. This is what they look like inside. Pretty fancy. That's gold leaf. It's not fake. It's the real McCoy. And there you see... And this is almost all the churches are built just like this. You can go to a small little village and you'll see them built just like this. A lot of money involved in something like this. And this is the church that we went to the last day. That's Brother Felipe, the pastor, the little congregation that we're at on the outskirts of the city of Puebla. In the city, it's always a difficult thing because land is so expensive. This little mission has gone through a lot of problems. If we have the lights again... That's all I've got for the video. I didn't have that I I didn't really put together that much because I want to give some time to everyone to give their testimony. So we're going to start out with Brother Daniel and then his wife Michelle and then the kids and then Ethan and then my then Jan and then my wife is going to finish up. Okay? So we'll go in that order. If you'll start, Brother Daniel, and give your testimony. Tell us what you what you saw, what it, what it was like. Yeah, come on up. You've got to use a microphone up here. Now there's a microphone there if you want to use it.
1: First, I would like to say thank you, church, uh, for, your, uh, for you sending us. Uh, you did uh, provide the funds for that. Um, I kind of knew what to expect when we were going to Mexico. Um, I didn't. Last time I went to Mexico, I didn't build the relationships that I had this time, uh, staying with that family. We got there to Mexico and uh, was surprised to, to see that. Uh, they took all of us in. All, there was eight of us, all six of my family members, and uh, Miss Jan and Ethan and uh, Brother uh, Ismael and his wife uh, wanted to take us in. They took us in. We got to their home. It was a small three-bedroom three home uh, made out of blocks. All the homes over there seemed to be made out of blocks for the most part, um, so when we got there, uh, they divided us up and we took, all the, we, we took up the three rooms that they had there. It was a two-bedroom, uh, two-bath. Uh, we, we, we took up their beds and they took a pallet and him and his wife and their three kids ch- or their two children uh, slept in the living room and let us have their beds. It's just uh, uh, the kind of people they are. And... Um, during that time, we got to build a, a real strong relationship with Ismael and his family. My wife uh, built a, a great relationship with them as well. Um, we also spent uh, had a great relationship with some of the church members, his brother Mo- Moises. Uh, he's a missionary out of the church there, right, Brother Bruce? He's got, he's got a mission out of the church there, and uh, they called him... El Hermano Que Habla Mucho, and that means the brother that talks a lot. <laughs> so I was wondering who that was, and at the end I found out who it was. It was funny. I kept calling him El Hermano Que Habla Mucho. So uh, uh, we heard some good, good, good preaching. I uh, had the uh, opportunity to preach uh, twice. I remember when we got there, Brother Bruce uh, pointed at that schedule, and my name was on there, and I was thinking, okay, it's on there two times. I, only, <laughs> I, was only, I thought I was only going to preach once, but it was, it was, a, it was exciting, a challenge. Uh, so I, I, I praise the Lord for that opportunity. But the church there was uh, uh, Iglesia, uh, Iglesia Independiente uh, Baptist Church, uh, Emmanuel. Uh, we stayed there uh, from fr- Monday night to Friday morning. And then we ended up in uh that was in el progreso right uh the family there took us out to eat some tacos uh taco stand in uh in tepehis which is a little drive away um i was i was i was uh i i i guess i was encouraged uh with the church there because it was a it was a pretty good size church. I believe they had about 180 uh, in membership and still growing. Uh, the last day there, we got to see three more baptisms. Was it three? Four, was it four? Four baptisms. And uh, so the church is growing, and and they're hungry, they're motivated, they're passionate, and uh, that motivated me, and, and, and I was excited to, to see that uh, uh, their willingness to serve the Lord, even under the uh, the conditions and, and things, are, things are tight there for them. I think uh, the regular income there is about $50 a week, um, is what, what they survive off of. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, there, uh, it was exciting to be there. Uh, then we got to uh, Puebla, uh, where we went to the, the last church that we visited there, and uh, we had a, a great time there with that small church. Another small church, I believe, he's a missionary out of the church. Out of the church in Progreso, so he's a he's a missionary out of the church there. His name was Felipe. Uh, he was about this tall. Made me feel like I was about six two. But really good, really good preacher. He he uh, he was uh, very humble. Uh, they bought Nicky a cake uh, for his birthday because that was that Sunday was Nicky's birthday, uh, and they bought him a cake and we sang Happy Birthday to him and it was it was exciting to do that as well, to see their love uh, for us. Uh, but the saddest thing, I think, was uh, saying goodbye, especially on, in uh, El Progreso. Uh, saying goodbye, and, and, and Brother Ismael told me uh, that for them, the hardest thing was to say goodbye to people, that they didn't want people to leave when they came, but also they wanted to build that relationship and keep that relationship going. Uh, recently, I had gotten off of uh, I Had gotten Facebook for about a year, uh, things went kind of south on Facebook, and so I got off of it. But then I was encouraged to get back on it because it was it was a way for us to keep that uh, relationship uh, with the people there in Mexico. So we were, me and my wife, are back on Facebook, and most of the friends that we have right now are from Mexico. So a lot of them that were there and, and that uh, you know that they want to befriend us on Facebook and. We've been getting some encouraging messages, keeping in touch with them already. uh, And it's been uh, exciting uh, to build those relationships. And it kind of reminds me of when Paul would go to uh, visit those churches, build those relationships, and then Paul would write those letters. And I always wondered, you know, because Paul's always saying, I want to see you. I long to see you. I desire to see you. And, And now I see where Paul's coming from with that. Uh, Paul, Paul loved those, those people those brothers and sisters in Christ and he built those relationships and as brother Bruce said you built that relationship and, and um, I hope it's a relationship that, that we can keep going um, from from the moment that I left uh, that those people that, that, that church there um, I, I do want to go back and see them um, I hate that Brother Bruce says this is the last time that he's going to do that, but I, I long to see, the, uh, to see them again. I desire to see them again, and, and uh, it was an encouragement for me to see them, and, and I know it, was, uh, it would be an encouragement for them as well. Um, I do want to thank uh, Brother Bruce as well um, for taking me and, and my family. And, and uh, on behalf of our family, I do want to thank you, Brother Bruce, uh, for, for what you do. You know, you're that bridge for us. Uh, if it wasn't for you, uh, we wouldn't have that connection to be able to see these people and, and get to know these people and see what's going on in, in Mexico. And uh, I want to thank Brother Bruce so much for that, uh, for his patience, uh, for his desire to want to, to wanna take us and, 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 and do what he does. Uh, I could tell you this there was, we weren't lacking in anything. Uh, he took very good care of us. Uh, provided everything we needed for us, and, and he, he, uh, he helped us uh, in, in every, everything. He got the rooms ready. He got the tickets ready. He did everything. We just, all we had to do was get on the plane and go to Mexico. So thank you very much, Brother Bruce and Ms. Proby, for, for what you do. Uh, we also got to build relationships uh, between each other. I remember we were sitting at a table, and I believe it was, what was the name of that uh, place, Brother Bruce, before we got to El Progreso? where we sat at that table. Where is it called, Ms. Proby? Yeah. No, before. before, where I bought the chessboard. Oh, tecali. Uh, we went to a Tecali a city there in, on our way to, uh, to Puebla. Yeah, to Puebla. And uh, we sat at the table, and all of us were eating, and, and we just got to uh, have a little good time of fellowship there. Miss Proby. Ms. Proby was telling this story because uh, we were talking about getting a chessboard, and the chessboard we bought, if you go in my office, you could see it. Um, I bought one, and I think Ethan, brother Ethan bought one. And uh, we were thinking about how are we going to take this thing uh, so it wouldn't cost us any money because it's pretty heavy, and so we didn't want to put it in the luggage because we didn't want to go over the weight. But anyway, we got it, we got it through. But anyway, uh, Ms. Proby was like, well, you could bring it on the plane, see if you can. She goes, one time... I came on the plane and, and I brought a comal. <laughs> now a comal is a is a metal uh, griddle, like a cast iron, uh, that you use to warm up tortillas and to cook tortillas. It's about, on average, they're about that big. And Ms. Proby said she put it in her, in her purse and tried to take it on the plane, but they they told her she couldn't. And Brother Bruce, <laughs> we're sitting there and we're talking and. Miss Proby says, See, I, I, I try to bring this comal on the plane, and Brother Bruce looks at her like, A comal. <laughs> so it was funny to see his, his, his eyes bulge out like that. And, uh, and then we got to talking about some uh, relationships as far as husband and wife and uh, some, some weeds. So, as a young couple, we learned some things about marriage, but it was, it was exciting to have a relationship to learn more about Miss Jan. Uh, as, as well as brother ethan and and we just had a great time a good fellowship amongst each other as well not just with the uh, brothers and sisters in mexico but i really came back really encouraged and motivated and and ready to get back to work and it was exciting and so i just thank you church for uh for sending us and uh, and i just want to thank you all for that
2: Um, I really appreciate the opportunity to go um, to Mexico, especially with my family. Um, Our kids, this was their first time for all of them to be out of the country. Um, Of course, me and Daniel have been to Mexico, but not ever on a trip like this. Um, I would would say that this was an encouraging and eye-opening experience um, for everybody that came. And I think we all walked away with something positive um, from the trip um a different aspect of what missions is to like brother bruce said to build relationships um i have built relationships with um hermana yareli that's brother ishmael's wife that we stayed in their household um it is it 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 was more of a you get that home feel when you're there you you build those relationships and you meet all these people and they just want to meet you and talk to you and be your friend and get to know you and it's it's something here in the states that we don't see very much um, when you're out visiting people door knocking and so forth Um, the plane ride was an experience for me to see my kids um, especially the little ones you know they've never been before but they got over it pretty quickly Um, the conference Hearing the, the fellowship and everybody was in tune with each other. They they were loving, they were welcoming, they're friendly. Um, the food there were some food that I have not tried before, but it was really really good um, experience. And I'm thankful that the church was able to send us and that Brother Bruce and Miss Proby took their time to bring us um, with them on this trip. Um, we we thank you um, very much. We appreciate it. We love you guys. And some of the pictures was just a brief amount of pictures that we took. I don't know how many they took, but I took about 200 pictures <laughs> alone. Um, but I want to go back. I enjoyed the fellowship in Progreso. The, the church in Puebla, we didn't get to fellowship as much with them. Um, we did make friendships with some of them there as well. And... I was very surprised, Um, it was one day during the conference we had left to go back to the brethren's house because we have a a window where you have free time and so Daniel Junior decided to stay and when we came back, it was like an hour and a half later, he was playing and hanging out with all these youth and these teens and I'm like very surprised like he's really, you know, taking initiative and getting to know these kids and building relationships as well our younger ones you know some of them they branched out some didn't but it's because they have that language barrier but i'm thankful that they got to see that all of my kids had a great time there even some of the food you know the the music the the conference the preaching um it was such a blessing to hear that and it it changes your your heart your your love for for missions because you don't see that side of missions when, when the missionaries go out and, and they do what they do, you know they report to you, but being on, in, on what's it called in person, um, it's, just, it's more appreciative. and um, I, I still have contact with some of them. Some of the, one of the girls I actually talked to her today as well. they did get rain today. It was raining earlier today. <laughs> They needed the rain, their crops, a lot of the crops were dying because um, they haven't had water in over two months. Um, but it brought back a lot of memories of whenever I was a kid and I used to go with my family to visit my, my family that's there. Um, a lot of memories, it was exactly 20 years since I had been to Mexico. Um, I never thought I'd be going back um, but I want to go back now and, and continue those relationships not just through social media but in person and, and getting to know people more and um, fellowshipping together. So I appreciate everybody's prayers and sending us um, with Brother Bruce and Ms. Proby to Mexico. Nikki, come on, son. Andale. Come on. Now. Get up, so They can see you. That's Fine. What, do you think? what do you want to say? Stay right there.
3: I don't know what to say. Tell us about the food, Nikki. Did you like the food? The food was great. I don't know what to say. What
2: else did you like about Proverso and Puebla? What about the, did you like the
0: pyramids? Tell,
2: tell us about the pyramids. What did you see at the pyramids?
0: Well, I want the airplane ride. Right. Tell us about the airplane ride, right, too. Did you get sick when you got on the airplane?
3: I can't speak. Yes, you can. I'm dead. I don't want to say I don't want
4: to say
3: I want to start by saying is uh, thank Mr. Brother Bruce and Miss Proby for letting us go on the trip, and uh, the messages were really really good. I really liked the food the most. Tell us about the You know, there's there's some, but really not that much. I really liked the uh, the the singing, all the specials that they had for us. I uh, give a big thanks for the people that let us stay in the house room uh, and the people who set up the conference. And yeah, I really had a good time. There. Thank you.
4: Um, it, I enjoyed it a lot, the Mexico trip. It was really good. Um, when I first arrived there, and we were driving through all the cities and everything, I was like, I don't want to be here. I don't enjoy this. This is weird. I don't like it. Why is it cold? Like, made no sense. Um, I tried buying stuff at the store. I couldn't even buy anything. I didn't know what, how much everything cost and everything. I was just like, man, I want to go home. But then we got to Progresso and we had to stay in a little hot house that I actually ended up liking. All the people there were so nice. I wanna, I wish I could still live there. I could live there with, um, I made some friends uh, there, um, Vani, Michelle, and um, Angel. And they wanted me to come back in December or, was it December or October? And then they wanted me to go back again after that. And I enjoyed them. The food was good. Um, I really don't know what to say. The pyramid. I enjoyed the pyramids too. There's a lot of history over there. And yeah.
5: All right. So I have a rule whenever I do public speaking. The first thing I say is if I look nervous, it's because I am. There's no secret there. Uh, There's a lot I could say that everybody has already said. Uh, The one thing that stuck out to me in this trip was really just God's faithfulness to us. Uh, It wasn't really clear to me how dangerous a mission trip could potentially be. Uh, There were a lot of things that could have gone wrong, but they didn't because God was there for us and God kept us safe. And I'm convinced that this is the exact place and the exact time that God wanted us to be there. And God kept us safe the entire time. Uh, Beyond that, the relationship-based culture, I've heard a lot about it. I've never seen it in person. Uh, It was a culture shock. Uh, Everybody there wanted to be your friend despite the language barrier. if they knew a little bit of English or a lot of bit of English, uh, it didn't matter how much they knew, they would still try and use what they knew to talk to you. And it was a very interesting experience. Uh, who's next?
3: Can you hear me? There. When I went on this, I didn't really know what to expect. What I wanted to do is to really talk about Jesus to anybody that would listen. And um, that was kind of hard to do because I didn't speak Spanish and (laughs) they didn't speak English. But there's a universal language of love in your eyes. And these people had it. They were so accepting of us and so loving. I mean, I think I hugged everybody. It was um, a very loving trip. But aside from that, I had to read, Provi wouldn't let me bring my big Bible because it's too big, too heavy. She says, you can use my little one. So I was while they were doing their uh, sermons in Spanish, I was following along in Provi's little English Bible. And there was a st- scripture, I think. Brother Daniel was, had brought it up. And so funny, I had asked him the day before what do you think about somebody that they know something's wrong and it would be a sin that they do it, but they think, oh, well, um, I've been saved. I'll, I'll be okay. He'll forgive me. And he looked at me and he said, I don't think they're a Christian at all. And then the very next day, he read this scripture, and I was reading it in, Eng- in Provee's little English Bible, and it says, it is Hebrews ten twenty six. For if we go on sinning willfully after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. And that was earth-shattering, the realization these little things that you do here and there, you know that they're not right, Earth's it's a sin, and you think, oh, well, I'm, no, it's not okay. And for me, that, that has been life-changing. We all know that, that God takes sin very seriously and very personally. And the realization of that has made me realize that when we sin purposely, we're taking the blood of Jesus and just throwing it on the floor. It's, I've been looking for the word for a while, but it is um, presumptuous, it's ungrateful. And it's, it's something that we need to choose not to do. And it has been life-changing for me. So I just had to pass that along. So I went, not expecting anything, expecting to give, and I got back a life-changing event. So thank you for letting me go too.
6: I want to thank each of you for your prayers. When Bruce told me, Proby, you have to go on this trip, I thought, I'm how many weeks away from having had major surgery? I'm not sure I can do this. And then everybody said that they were praying for me, and that made such a difference. Um, Like Bruce mentioned this morning, we've been missionaries out of this church in April. It will have been 43 years. And I did not grow up in a Christian home. I never heard the gospel until I was 13 years old. Somebody shared the gospel with me here in the United States, because I had grown up in Venezuela, and I had never heard the gospel. And then I accepted the Lord a few days after my 14th birthday. And to know that the one who makes a difference in our life is Christ. He came to die on the cross for our sins, and he tells us that, that this salvation is available to everyone who wants to repent of their sins and accept him as his personal Savior. And then once you do that, your life changes for forever. And I remember when Bruce asked me to marry him, I wasn't scared to go on the mission field. You know, I had grown up overseas. I took my first airplane ride when I was 19 days old, from Puerto Rico to Venezuela. And it was it's just such a joy to share with others the gospel and to know that all of you here at the church are praying for us because we couldn't go if you weren't holding the ropes here at home. And like Ethan said... it. There are several things that happened that could have been very bad. Bruce fell coming out of the bathroom onto the slick tile floor, hit the back of his head, and if it would have been just a few inches to the left, he could have killed himself, you know, and we had several co- close calls with the cars that are not driving properly, and Bruce is such an expert with all of that. So I want to thank each of you for your love and for your prayers because um, The gospel is the same everywhere. It changes our lives. And we need to remember that, yes, offenses are going to come. Yes, problems are going to come. But we need to deal with those. We need to put our eyes on Jesus. And no matter what, he is the one that will never fail us. He is the one that will never change. People can hurt us. People will change. But God never will. And we need to remember to forgive one another and to edify one another, to be unified in Christ, and to serve him with all of our hearts until God tells us, you know, it's time to go home. So thank you. And the verse that I want to say is James um, 5.16. It says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The devil whispers. It says, Your life doesn't matter. Your prayers don't matter. But our lives do matter, and our prayers do matter.
0: we were in Mexico, it'd be time for me to preach for about 45 minutes. And they wouldn't mind it one bit, because they're there to have a good time. They're having relationships when they're in their conferences. Their conferences are very important to them. We had a couple come that we hadn't seen in a long time, Provi and I. Elias and his wife Juana, and he's a preacher that a little bitty spot in the middle of nowhere... Um, when we lived in Mexico in the 1980s, early 1980s, I ran a print shop there. I had my home next to the print shop. He and his wife lived in the print shop. And Provi and her became very close. We were together, what, four, four years together, sleep, living together almost for four years. And then they went back to the village where they were from. And he's been pastoring ever since. He's 80 years old. Barely can walk. And he came and visited us, preached one day, and we had a wonderful time of reestablishing relationships that we've had for 40 years. Y'all just getting it started. (laughs) We have had these for a long time, and they're very precious to us. And I'm very glad that we're able to share them with you. You know, that's not just the gospel that you share. You also share relationships. And I have many times from this pulpit talked about The difference between a task-oriented and a relationship-oriented society. We in America are task-oriented. They're relationship-oriented. You think, oh, okay, I get it. No, you don't. (laughs) You don't get it. You have to go there and experience it to understand. It's a different way of thinking. And you think, well, that's just so strange. I can't understand it. Yes, because you don't realize from the moment you're born, you were put on a path of teaching, I'm being taught how to think in a certain way and therefore it's very hard for you to do. One of the things that I have to do with my missionary candidates that I'm training is teach them how to train their minds to think differently and to accept those things and to learn how to work within that way of thinking because the gospel is universal. It doesn't matter what society it is in. In fact, in those societies where it's relationship oriented, the gospel has a greater impact even. It makes a much, much greater impact. So we're very grateful that God has given us this opportunity. Thank you for praying for us. No, I'm not going to preach. Don't worry about it. Our time's up. Uh, <laughs> we're task-oriented here, and you all are always watching the clock. <laughs> that's the, a that's the disadvantage of living in a task-oriented society. But there's some advantages, too. And one of the things that I've been able to enjoy and, and blessed with is that with my family, we're able to take the best of both. And see that how God has used our family. A lot of times, people see our family and they say, well, how is it that y'all are able to do that with being on the mission field and everything else? No, we're, we're blessed. You don't realize. My father would say that being a missionary is a greater privilege than being the president of 10 countries. And I believe that too. I have been the most blessed man on earth to be able to serve my Lord and to have the experiences I've had. And I want many more to have those experiences. Young people, God has a lot for you if you just let Him do it. Just let Him do it. He's got a lot for you, much more than you realize. Well, I did start preaching after all. (laughs) Let's have a word of prayer to be dismissed. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you now for the privilege we've had of being together tonight, sharing as a church family, as a church body, as we've sent part of our membership to a far-flung nation, to see things that are very different and they've come back and shared with our church. May this also uh, give us the motivation to also try these things. Open the door for many more. To have these experiences of traveling and getting to know other places. But also of learning how we can serve you in other ways. We're thankful for the way Metropolitan uh, does hold the ropes. has been doing so for so long. We pray that in the future they continue to do so. Be Especially with our search for a pastor, that you will give us a man that will continue this motivation, these goals, this heart for reaching the world with the gospel. For pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. You're dismissed.